Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So I was just telling the group that I'm subbing for Casey Howe, who's one of the normal, usual teachers here. He had to go to a memorial. So, um, and that Casey and Wendy are very wise and experienced teachers, and I'm a newer teacher. So just so you all know. Um, and, oh, Melissa. My name's Melissa. <laughs> Forgot to introduce myself. Um, so yeah, I just invite you to kind of drop in and kind of continue the, the practice of kind of mindful listening and um, we'll do, I have a little to share on the topic of joy in practice or uplifting the heart in practice and then we'll do a written exercise and then some sharing. So, um, yeah. so thank you so much for your presence today and patience as I kind of work through some notes and all of that so <laughs> can everyone hear me do I need okay just let me know if I need to speak up because I can get kind of soft so so I decided on the topic of joy today because um, not because my practice is particularly joyful all the time and especially in the beginning of my practice definitely was not so joyful. I was very like dedicated and maybe kind of intense around it. It's like my personality to like kind of really apply myself. Um, so the practice of joy has been something that um, have I've, I've been bringing a conscious effort towards to bring into my practice. And um, it's been really sweet. And so I thought it would be fun to share that with you all today. Um, so I have like some sharing from my own experience and practice and then I also went back to some of my books to see kind of what some of the kind of other teachers have to say about kind of joy and how it fits into the kind of traditional Buddhist teachings. And feel free to um, ask questions and bring in your own experience. If there's something that resonates with you, we can kind of have a discussion during and then after we'll have also dedicated time for that. So before I go on talking about joy, I just wanted to say a word of, about the word joy itself. So I'm gonna use that like really broadly, the definition of joy very broadly. So if the word joy is like, uh, you know, you, if you don't resonate with that word, you can sub it in for maybe delight or ease or peace or something that makes your heart sing or any, you can think about it. And so when I say joy, and if that doesn't resonate with you, then you can just kind of mentally swap in your own word that resonates uh, for you. So, because sometimes joy can be kind of maybe bubble, too bubbly or something for people's personality, and that's totally fine. <laughs> it can be ease, well-being. Um, so at its simplest, the practice is just bringing a conscious intention to 
noticing joy, inclining the mind towards joyful thoughts, joyful feelings, noticing joy when it's around. Um, so then it can arise more frequently and so we can be present for it. So we can arrive for joy and it can take practice because I think, or for in my experience, you know, the mind has a negativity bias. Sometimes it will kind of hook on to, you know, what's wrong in this moment or what's not going right. And so um, practicing and making an intention to, to shift, just a little shift towards, oh, is there anything that's pleasant right now? Is there any, nothing I can appreciate about this moment? And um, I think a lot of times there's little, little things like just the breath or, you know, a sound or certain things in our more subtle things or, and maybe not so subtle, maybe wonderful things. <laughs> so take that in too. But especially with the subtle, you know, just take bringing the intention to kind of notice that. And then acknowledging that, you know, we have to feel, we have to have this joyful, uplifting feeling in order to feel the joy of others. Like we can't, if we can't feel our own joy, then we can't, you know, have joy, sympathetic joy, mudita. That's the Pali word. So in feeling joy for others. Um, yeah, so it's, and it's not forcing a feeling of joy, like now I'm going to be joyful. It's rather kind of asking the question, is it possible that joy or happiness might be possible right now? Um, so, um, let's see, I was just going to share about this, this really hit home for me recently when I was at, um, I've recently been spending time at Deer Park Monastery, which is a, um, a monastery in the tradition of Plum Village and Thich Nhat Hanh. And the monks and the nuns, they open up their, their center and they do retreats for families and um, teens and adults. And it's just a wonderful place. And they, um, they're so joyful, like the monks and the nuns, their practice is just so naturally joyful. And so just being around them, it's like, oh yeah, you're right. Just walking on the earth is like so joyful, like looking at the sky or seeing a flower. And so being around in their presence, seeing their joyful practice has inspired me to bring more joy, more intention to, to joy in my own practice. And so I, I was there um, in kind of, in like a mindful sharing group and we were, we were contemplating some, some teachings that were written by Thich Nhat Hanh called the five mindfulness trainings. So I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that. So they're um, just like a kind of five trainings that summarize like everything in Buddhist teachings just quite, quite beautifully in, to, in my opinion. <laughs> um, it's kind of a vision for kind of global spirituality and ethics and um, you can go home and Google it if you're interested. 
Um, but there's a part, the second training is on true happiness. And it says, there's a section in it that says, I am aware that happiness depends on my mental attitude and not external conditions, and that I can live happily in the present moment simply by remembering that I already have more than enough conditions to be happy. And so I was in like this really grumpy mood. I was with my kids, they were like totally having tantrums and I wasn't having this like beautiful retreat experience that I had been hoping for. Um, so yeah, so I was in kind of a suffering, I was suffering. And I said in the discussion, it was like a discussion where we're supposed to like share and ask questions about the teachings. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't believe that that's true. I think that we can be, we can get like have depression or um, have deep suffering or, you know, have external conditions that are terrible. And then we don't have the conditions to be happy. I'm like kind of making my point for this like pessimistic view. <laughs> Why am I? <laughs> and of course they're like so compassionate and they listen. I'm like okay, and um, I think just by asking the question, I saw like oh how silly of me. Um, especially you know sitting in this beautiful setting on retreat with my family, like so so many blessings uh, that I was just you know too fixated on my own suffering to, to see. Um, but another thing that they, in, in response to my question, that they said, you know, just doesn't mean that you have to be happy in every moment. That's not what they're saying. It's not like you always have to be happy. Of course not. But it's being open to the possibility that it's possible right in each moment, that the conditions are there and it's not some far off thing. We don't have to wait until our practice is at some certain stage or we don't have to wait until we go on like our Hawaiian vacation to feel joy or to feel happiness. It's that in each moment, it's possible. And for those of us that are lucky enough to be you know, on the spiritual path and to have access to these spiritual teachings, that and this was their, their response, the, the nuns. They said, that is a reason to be happy, to be grateful, to bring joy. Like just the fact that you are reading these teachings right in this moment in the midst of your suffering. And that just kind of acknowledging that, then there was joy, there it was. So, um, and that has been I've, been, I've been thinking about that a lot lately in my practice. And um, just how important it, not, and how important it is in my own practice and out in the world. Um, yeah, just not to get kind of stuck in this grim mentality. So, That was kind of my story. And then I also went back, as I said, into some of kind of my favorite Buddhist books to see how, you know, in thinking about my experience, how does this apply to like the larger Buddhist teachings for those who are interested in like the different lists and all of that. Um, I wrote down some notes about that because I thought it was really interesting. So joy is one of the four Brahma Viharas 
which are like divine abodes that in Buddhist practice that we kind of practice to uplift the heart. So it's loving kindness, which I think we get, we do a lot of, in, in this tradition, this Vipassana insight tradition, we do a lot of loving kindness practice. It's a beautiful practice to repeat phrases of loving kindness and it just, it opens the heart in a beautiful way. And then that gives rise, the next one is compassion. And then joy, mudita, which is a sympathetic joy. So it's the feeling the joy of others. It's like the opposite of jealousy. <laughs> um, and then, and then um, equanimity is the third one. And in Sharon Salzberg's book on loving kindness, she has a chapter on joy, and she says that uh, jo sympathetic joy is the most difficult of the Brahma Viharas to cultivate because we have so many mind states or like natural mind states are kind of block us from it. So like judgment, comparing, um, envy, boredom, prejudice, those are kind of her examples um, that our minds can get hooked on. And I, I could really, that felt true for me. You know, a lot of times my mind, my mind will get hooked on that. So then conversely though, when our mind is in a joyful state or a delighted state, those other states aren't there. So that's <laughs> optimistic, I guess. Um, and then she says that the sympathetic joy, one of the Brahmaviharas, it depends on our own ability to kind of take in delight and to, to allow ourselves to feel joy. And then, so that's mudita. And then the other place that joy, and this isn't an, an exhaustive list, it's just kind of what I, what I captured in my like, brainstorm when I was preparing for this, um, is that mindfulness, I mean joy, or could, could be called rapture or delight, it's kind of all synonyms, is one of the seven factors of awakening. So on the paths in the Buddhist teachings, um, you don't have to be Buddhist to kind of take this in and think about it. So it's just with the traditional Buddhist teachings, the Buddha is saying that joy, you need joy on this path to awakening. Um, and I think that's kind of intuitive. You know, we don't want to have this like grim practice. We want to have a joyous practice. That's, um, <laughs> wouldn't, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. It seems, I'm sure it's obvious to all of you, but this is all, um, yeah, it makes it like sitting should be joyful. Not all the time, but there should be um, kind of an in intention to bring in joy. Um, and then, so some practices to strengthen joy. And these are probably all obvious, but I'll just state them so they're like fresh in your head. And this is Joseph Goldstein says this in his book called Mindfulness, A Practical Guide to Awakening. So I'm not making this up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so gratitude, of course. Um, and then reflecting on the teachings and also on the Sangha. So it's like when I was sitting here in our 30 minute meditation, I was like really feeling that, like the feeling nervous, but also feeling like, oh yeah, there's joy here in being with the Sangha, getting to be part of the Sangha, getting to sit, getting to share these teachings that, that I love with the Sangha. So, um, and then the also 
kind of contemplating our own goodness. So thinking of something that, that you've done in your life that was ethical or, or good, doing a good deed, just reflecting on that can bring joy um, and reflecting on generosity similarly. And then also noticing when there's peace. So, and not just like, oh, I'm so peaceful, but just like the absence of mind chatter, if you ever are able to enter that state. <laughs> Noticing that as peace, but also there's, there, maybe there's joy there. Got a possibility of like, oh, this is joyful. And then it was interesting when I was reading about like people's different definitions of joy, like it's so broad. So I was like, oh, I think we should like give ourselves more credit for feeling joy in our lives. So. Um, Joseph Goldstein was saying, like, just sitting, like, in an upright position and being comfortable, like, that in and itself, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, it's, I always notice when I'm uncomfortable, but um, when I'm, when I'm comfortable, you know, is, is there something to be delight in, this comfortable position, the absence of ache or pain? And, of course, yeah, just really simple things like the breath or walking, walking on the earth. So then the, the, other, the other piece that Joseph Goldstein talks about around this is um, that it's easy to become attached to joy. So if you do feel, if you do get the joyous feeling of joy, um, becoming attached, like wanting more of it, wanting to grasp onto it. I know I, I, I really, I notice that in myself. Like, oh, where did that go? Or <laughs> like, now it's gone, I want it back. Um, so just being aware of the mind states that arise when you, when you are feeling joy. And he was saying it's helpful to remember, like, this is not mine. I am not joyful or not joyful. It's not like a personal thing. It's just the causes and conditions of life that have arisen in each moment. And sometimes there's the possibility, or there's always the possibility of joy, but sometimes you're actually feeling joy, and sometimes, of course, you are not. Um, so yeah, just being really gentle. Um, I know since I had been thinking about this to write this, I had been kind of like feeling that grasping, like. I want to be in a place of joy. So when I talk about joy, I'm like feeling <laughs> joyful. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, and that's not the way to go. But just <laughs> remembering that is like, okay, oh, yeah, I'm not attached. So yeah, so glad to, yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I guess I wanted to say before we get into the, have a exercise, written exercise about joy is that, so there's science around this. Um, Rick Hansen, I don't know if any, have you ever heard of him, does kind of science around happiness. And so he's saying that practicing letting moments of well-being and joy registered can create new grooves in your brain. So he's saying 10 to 15 seconds to really let a moment of, of delight or joy sink in and trying to do that six times a day. Not trying to create another project, but just kind of something to contemplate. Like, oh yeah, like can I, can I let it sink in? And I think we're so lucky because we have our mindfulness practice that then allows us to be present 
to notice, oh yeah, joy. Can I be present with this joy? Can I allow this really to sink in? And can I feel it? And so he's saying, if you do that for two weeks, then you'll notice a difference. So you can maybe <laughs> try that. Um, but of course, without being attached or on a certain project. So just something to think about. So maybe just for a couple of minutes, maybe we'll drop back in and do a little, just a really short uh, meditation on joy. There's lots of joy practices. You can Google it. There's like phrases you can say to yourself that can, can cultivate joy. So this is just one example of a practice. Um, so yeah, drop, just dropping in wherever you are is fine. Connecting to your breath. Dropping into your body. Letting go of any tension. And just noticing how the mind is right now. And just welcoming anything that's here is, is just right. And just noticing if there's anything in your actual experience that you can appreciate in this moment. So maybe anything about your breath or a sound or a part of your body that feels neutral or pleasant. And just noticing how it feels to turn your attention toward this. anything is arising that's positive, just really allowing yourself to take that in. And if not, just knowing that that's part of the practice. It's just a, just a question and intention, being really gentle with yourself. Like, oh, joy is not arising right now. That's okay. ready, opening your eyes and coming back, <laughs> complete the practice. So the next thing I wanted to try, if you're all willing, is uh, written exercise about joy. 
And it's so wonderful that there's a family here because I got this exercise, I think I have it in my bag, an awakening joy for kids. <laughs> so it's a, it's a practice that um, you can do with families or loved ones and of course um, on your own. And it's just to make a list, it's called, and it's from James Baraz's book, Awakening Joy for Kids. And it will just take a couple minutes and um, write down anything you can think of that brings you joy. So what nourishes joy, um, whatever comes to mind, it doesn't have to, it can be simple, it can be exotic, whatever, whatever you're thinking. Um, because, and this is from his book around the exercise, he said, instead of leaving the arising of joy to chance, it is helpful to remember what awakens joy. <laughs> and the experience of joy is supported by how much we how much we nourish it in our lives. So just the practice of writing it down and noticing it and I brought in <laughs> I have a I have a nourishment list. I made this with my husband and like a while ago and I have it up in my bathroom. <laughs> and so when I look at it it just reminds me um we have some silly things on here but um Oh, yeah, you can take a look at it, but everyone can make their own. You can make it how look, how, look however you want. Put joy in the middle. You can use whatever word you want. You can be creative or not. So I see it's, it's been, I, you guys have so much to be joyful about. I see people <laughs> writing so much, um, which is wonderful. So um, I think we'll, if, do people need more time or are you okay transitioning to? You can keep working on it. Well, yeah. So do, you, do you recommend with this exercise to be more specific or more, like I found, you know, some things are like, oh, a beautiful sunset, but then, or should you say, when my son gives me a hug or something? Oh, both. <laughs> Don't. I think, yeah, any, like anything. There's no requirements. Yeah. Um, so then the, uh, for me, I just like having the list, like to, and I put it up so I can look at it and, um, but then like there's another part of the exercise where you like circle the things that you do regularly and that you don't, and you can kind of analyze the, the list if you want as a next step at home. If you're, so, but I think the, the, um, the point is like, how much of this do you integrate into your life, these things? That, that bring joy. Um, so yeah, it's something to think about. So now I just wanted to open it up to do kind of small group sharing, because I know that that's kind of in this um, group, that's kind of usually how the flow of the talk goes. So um, if you are comfortable sharing what's on your list, then you can go ahead. We can get in groups of three three people so groups of three if you're comfortable sharing what's on your list if it feels personal or too vulnerable that is totally fine then um, you can just share on kind of how it is for you if you have a joy practice or if maybe you think you might start something you might start doing to to awaken joy in yourself so and I'll we'll do like two minutes per person and I'll, I'll ring the bell to let you know when to transition. And then after that, we'll come and do kind of larger group sharing.
So find your three, just any three that are, are near you. more time <laughs> that we can share. Um, and we, we do have a little bit more time, but I wanted to open it up to the larger group for sharing. So if there was anything that anyone wants to to share or questions that you have. Um, and just, yeah, again, remembering no crosstalk and mindful listening, mindful speaking. And also that we have little ones in the room, so. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, it, it's not anything from my list, but um, I so appreciate the, the um, suggestion to be open to the possibility of joy. Because I tend to be a little black and white, like I'm either joyful or I'm not, you know, this either is good or it's not, you know. And so just that, that concept of the possibility. <laughs> is motivating, you know, to kind of like look around, look beyond my cloud, right, and see if there's anything else that, that um, you know, might be more uplifting. So I appreciate that so much. Totally. Thank you. I want to say I really appreciate this today because I've been in a lot of physical pain. My neck's been hurting for days. And so it was really, um, it was good for me to recognize all the things that, uh, that I can, I can still have joy with. It doesn't mean I have to be miserable, even though I've been miserable for the last few days. So, uh, thank you. Well, I'm just going to pile on to what they said. I, I really appreciate it. I tend very often to go through long periods when I don't feel any joy, and I realize that I'm just forgetting to look for it. It's there. I just have to remember to look at it. Thank you for that. I want to share the, uh, I, I was listening to a tape by Vic Han the other day in, in my car, and, and and he was talking about the absence of a toothache. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How joyful that is. <laughs> so yes. true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, and then we forget right away. It's like, so so the mind. It's just, yeah. yeah. I think for me what I realized, because at first I didn't quite grasp, I don't know why, what you were asking for. <laughs> That's so basic, but I didn't. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But what I realized is that, like, I didn't have any joy prior um, to starting the practice. Like, I just started in January, and, like, I didn't, I really didn't. And the practice is what's brought me joy. And I'm super grateful for that. <laughs> discard, you know, the, the chatter and the, the words that I'm telling myself, the stories that are making the tragedies. Um, and I was thinking about what you said about, like, okay, will, 
have fun when on our vacation in Hawaii. And what is that? Because, you know, I have so many things, like, I, you know, even with my dieting. And it's like, well, once I get to this, I'm going to be, I'm going to feel better. So what are we needing to discard? I mean, it's like we're attached to, for me, it's nearly like I'm afraid of letting go of not thinking about it because I'm afraid I'll forget or something. <laughs> You know, but it's like I, I can't have fun yet. You know, I can't have, I can't have joy yet. Well, I need to. So I just, I'm wondering what it is I need to discard. I, I, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I do that too. I mean, I think it's natural. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like that. Tignahan talks a lot about that. He talks about like there is no promised land. Like there's no like it's now. Like, if you don't, if you're not. We can't feel joy now, then, yeah. and we have to feel. I mean, we have. It's our, it's our, it's our, never. I don't know. Obligation sounds too ne- negative, but it's our duty on the path to like bring, just bring joy in, in each moment, the possibility of joy in each moment. Thank you. Um, one thing I've, I notice is uh, just with the practice, um, the space in between to act, to, to see small moments that create joy and that um, uh, can fill in that possibility, just like little moments with your kids, uh, certain little conversations with people or just interactions, things like that. Um, I, and to be able to even acknowledge that joy or happiness, you know, um, I really appreciate that, um, and and I think something as well with, with the practice I was sharing is that lately I've been going in. I, I feel a little bit deeper, but leaning into like some of my anxieties or just like you know those those knots in your stomach or what have you, and we're like really leaning into it. And when we were practicing, I really had this appreciation for that practice of just being with that. So it's not so joyous, but just being with it kind of created this joy and appreciation. You know what I'm saying? To where it, it was like that deep joy appreciation. It just wasn't like the snicker bar or something like that. It's just like that like deep, that deep like, wow. You know, it's just like an appreciation with it too. But it, it, it I don't know, it's just a, like a, 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 a nice deep dark joy, <laughs> you could say, you know? Yeah, and, and I've been feeling that a lot. And definitely with the practice I've been, it creates those moments for me. And then to then see the potential or possibility for that, you know? Yeah. And that's something, just to notice that is, brings me joy. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you. So with that, um, thinking like with the toothache, well, let's say if you do have a toothache or any kind of like some kind of pain you're experiencing, right? Or I try to think with Thich Nhat Hanh, I think, okay, all those people that you're saying have joy, you know, a lot of them deal, dealt with the Vietnam War and so, and they feel joy, so it's got to be possible, right? But, um, so, so if you do have the toothache, let's say, then, and I totally get what you're saying about that deeper sense of joy. So how do those two relate? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because like Casey has mentioned, or a lot of other teachers have mentioned this, like, see the, this moment as like this perfect moment. Everything is perfect. And I thought, well, how can 
Okay, if you look at various types of suffering, how do you perceive that uh, perfect? Like, especially like someone's being abused or... How do you balance that, the deep joy with this moment? And then, but it could still be a perfect moment. Okay, so... Yeah, totally. And I have that same question. I think that when I was at Deer Park, I think that's, yours is so well stated. I should have stated it like that. Um, but like asking that, like, what about when things aren't okay? Like really, you know, when you're not, um, and I, I don't really know. I don't want to like claim to answer your question. I know for me, just asking the question kind of helped me kind of come to my own kind of, not understanding, but my own kind of contemplation about it. Um, and I'll just speak to my own experience and it's similar kind of to what Bob was saying. And that like, even when I'm feeling pain or suffering, like just um, kind of, I guess it's compassion. It's like, oh, like, oh, I'm here for this suffering. I'm like, oh, I'm, and that in as, of itself, for me, opens up, not, not always, but it opens up the possibility, like, even in the worst circumstances, when someone is being abused, or, yeah, with the, um, you know, the Plum Village tradition, like, they've, they've seen, you know, so much, so much suffering. And yet still they're so joyful, they come out, you know, they bring out into the world so much joy. Um, and that, it's so inspiring to me. So, I, I don't know if that answers your question. I don't know if I, if I can, but it's, it's, a, it's a really good question. I'm still thinking about that. Yeah, thank you. Um, when you were just talking about that, it reminded me of something that I read, and I, I don't have notes or re ever remember who okay. I'm quoting, but I feel like I've read multiple occasions about in order to experience, you know, exuberance or joy or whatever really amazing feelings we have, we have to have experienced the opposite at some mm -hmm. degree. And so that duality, I think, helps me understand why there's joy at the same time as there is suffering in the world in general and how, you know, for myself, I've just come through something where I felt really stuck and now, like, everything just, in the last couple of weeks, is like, click, like, like that machine at the airport where everything clicks into place and it's like, Ooh. like, you turn the magic key and it all just goes together. <laughs> and it was like, Oh, I had to be stuck in order to appreciate that that things would, you know, eventually shift for me. And by just being in a space where I could accept the shift when it would, when it came was like, oh, okay, I, I get it. This is this is how why I have to be so stuck for so long and stuff. So and I mean it's not like everything's changed overnight. It's just that like emotionally I've, I'm out of that dark space. Thank you. That's beautiful. I'm looking at the time where it's almost 11:30. It goes to 11:30, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I just wanted to say that Casey tells a story about a broken cup, about a, a teacher and somebody who's bringing his cup, and the cup gets broken. 
and it, it talks about the impermanence. So when I when I think about you know the pain, the, the homelessness, the it's the impermanence of it. I, I don't know. I, I always find comfort mm -hmm. in that story that Casey tells. Like, mm -hmm. Sorry if I screwed that story up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have some validate next time. Um, so I, I just, I think we have to come to a close now. Um, but I just, I really wanted to thank you all. Like I, I'm feeling emotional, like for the just the heartfelt sharing and your practice. It's just. It's so beautiful. This sangha is just so so special. So um, thank you all for showing up and for allowing me to <laughs> try this out. Thank you. <laughs> um, and welcome again to the new new um, friends. If you come back and meet Casey and Wendy and the other regular teachers, are are really really wonderful. I guess what we can just close, we can dedicate the merit. So just dropping in just really quickly, or not quickly, but you know, <laughs> short. <laughs> dropping in and um, just noticing how you are and bringing some, some kindness to, to however you are right now as we come to a close. And if you'd like, you can join me in a wish for that any, any goodness, any benefit that arose from our practice here together, may it ripple out into the world, into our community, into our families, um, for the benefit of, of all, all living beings. Just listen to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.